And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back at My Wonder Years, Wonder Years podcast. Well, what can I say other than we've come to that time, the very last episode of the Wonder Years that I am covering. The, I've covered them all up till now, and this is the final episode, and I'm sad. I'm sure you're all sad, too, because this is such a beautiful show. As I've said before, I have loved doing this for the last, it's been about a year and a half, I think. And, you know, I've fallen in love with these characters. And even as Kevin got older, it was still, he, whatever, once in a while, he'd surprise me. Even, the, you know, when I said, oh, five and six, there aren't going to be that many good episodes. But they turned out to be good in spite of themselves. You know, it's just, I think the fact that I hadn't seen some of them, I was just making assumptions like, oh, well, this one isn't going to be done, isn't going to be good based on this description or what. Like, no, they were good. They were all good. The majority of them were all good, especially, honestly, if I had to rate, I'd say seasons one through four were excellent. Seasons five and six were great, too. But I'd say one through four, my top, and then five and six come after. So today I'm talking about season six episode title, <laughs> episode 20, entitled Reunion. This aired on April 28th, 1993. The Arnolds travel back to Nor to where Jack and Norma grew up to celebrate their high school reunion. But while Norma's parents are thrilled to see Norma, Kevin, and Wayne, their enthusiasm for Jack isn't so pronounced. They can't stand him for some reason. It's almost like they think that Norma married down in her... I mean, I don't think her parents are, like, loaded or anything, but we'll get to that when I... I watched the episode. This episode has a 7.9 out of 10 based on 117 ratings on IMDb. This episode was directed by Arthur Elbert. Writers Neil Marlins and Carol Black, the creators, and Robin Ryderden. Uh, and the story is by Mark B. Perry. Let's see. We got any connections? Yes, we do. Gilligan's Island, adult Kevin says, the dog and I went on a three-hour tour. That's right, because I think there's a Rottweiler, which is the dog of Norma's parents, and they're saying how, oh, she's the dog is such a sweetheart. Like, oh, he wouldn't hurt a fly or she. And the dog just immediately takes a disliking to Kevin. It takes a while for them to work things out. The Waltons, mentioned by Kevin... A Nightmare on Elm Street. Kevin makes a reference to this movie's title when he says Nightmare on Gustafsson Street. But, okay, um, we know that A Nightmare on Elm Street did not come out until 1984, so this, um, is very incorrect. It's at least 11 years too early. Let's get into the soundtracks. Love is Here to Stay. 
performed by Nat King Cole. It's one I, I'm sure I've probably heard. I just have to hear it first to be sure. A White Sport Coat by Marty Ro This song, I have heard of this song because I used to listen to a lot of 50s and 60s music on the way to church. Um, Tippin' In. Music by Bobby C. Smith and Marty Symes. But down here it says Marty Symes. S-Y-M-E-S. All right. So, i just like to say for you regular listeners, as I always do, if you've loved this podcast for a while and you haven't done so yet, please go to iTunes and leave a review and rating. So that way we can get some more Wonder Years fans on board. Um, if you are new to the podcast, if you want to jump on to Instagram at LBOM Wonder Years Podcast, I will do pictures of the Wonder Years and stuff like that. Um, and on the Facebook page, looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years Facebook page, I am trying to get a group set up on Facebook so I can do like watch parties and stuff. Even though the series is over, I'm done covering the series myself. Um, I would really like to try to, I know there's like a program that needs to be installed to be able to do this, but I thought it would be so fun for those of you that maybe you don't want to splurge, you know, the 11 bucks a month or whatever for Hulu to watch the episodes and you don't want to spend 50 plus dollars on a, uh, box set of the six seasons of the Wonder Years, which I can understand. I would love to do, um, a watch party. So you guys can watch it and you guys can comment along with each other and everything. I just think it would be so fun to do that. I really, really would. And I'm going to look into that. So, all right. Um, also, I, gotta get, I might have to get this on my phone. Um, I was looking for Wonder Years fan fiction and I did find something that, it's somebody who thought up, like, if Kevin did come back for, like, his senior year, like, say we got, like, a seventh season of Wonder Years, and what that first day of school would be like. So, I'm going to see if I can find it, and then after the podcast, I can read a little bit of that. I thought that would be really fun, so. Alright, guys, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. I'm so excited. I remember watching this episode on TV, and I remember Kevin and the dog, and the Norma's parents just hating on Jack, and the Norma's old boyfriend coming to escort her off to the reunion. We'll get more into why Jack is unable to go, which sucks, because that was kind of the point, you know, he's going to go with her. So, Actually, um, I got the booklet out. So, this one says the Arnolds go back to Norma's hometown to attend her 25th high school reunion. So, is that kind of contradicting what IMDb is saying as Jack and Norma's high school? Because it says her hometown. And I remember in the episode where Karen and Michael get married, he says, I took you away from your family. Hence, I don't know. Um, featured songs, Love is Here to Stay by Nat King Cole, and a white sport coat, and in quotations, and a pink carnation by Marty Robbins. I remember that song. I know the song. It's a great song. <laughs> Alright, so we open up the episode on an airplane. We get the silhouette of an airplane, and it looks like it's morning in the sky as the sun is over it. 
Um, and Kevin, adult Kevin, comes out with a narration saying that in the spring of 1973, you know, he and Wayne and his parents took a trip to uh, his mother's hometown. I don't think they've ever been in an, well, I'm no, Jack has been in an airplane, but, and I'm sure that Norma must have when she and Jack, you know, got married and took off for California. But I don't think Kevin and Wayne have, have they? I don't remember any episode that says that they went flying somewhere. Or even Kevin recollecting flying. So we see Kevin has got his coach ticket. He's sitting with the fam. He's got his gross ass bin in someone else's ears, earbuds that's probably watching whatever the in-flight movie is. And he finishes his peanuts, and he asks the flight attendant for another. Um, I don't think that's what happens. You get one. Either pretzels, or peanuts, or some yummy, yummy cookies. I've had all three of them, not at the same time, but you get one of the three. And then you get one of the three on the flight back, and you get your choice of whatever drink. Apparently, you can also, you can purchase alcohol. If you want like that or coffee or whatever. So Kev, this is towards the end of Kevin's junior year. Okay, because he said it is springtime and he's talking about being a senior as soon as he gets through with the exam. Like, yeah, as soon as the school year's done, boom, you are in seniorville. So I'm going to play this clip. In the spring of 1973, the Arnold family took to the skies. Armed with four coach tickets and enough luggage to sink a battleship, we were on our way to a weekend of high adventure. Can I get some more peanuts, please? Sure. Thanks. That year had seen a lot of change. I was practically a senior once I got through exams. Mom had joined the ranks of working women, whether we liked it or not. Dad's furniture business was thriving, although he wasn't at the moment. Still, all in all, things were pretty much smooth sailing. Did you feel that? Yeah. Hope it wasn't the engine. <laughs> Not that we ventured into the friendly skies without a reason. We were on our way home. Well, Mom's home, anyway. Look, Jack! Sylvia Miller's chairing the reunion committee. I haven't seen her in 25 years. You got it. My mother's high school reunion. Oh, and look, honey, there's going to be a picnic on Saturday and a pie-eating contest. Norma, please. Hey, wasn't that the Wayne? <laughs> yeah, it was going to be some fun. It'll be fine. Ladies and gentlemen, the yeah. turned off the seat. After all, this was more than just a trip back in time. We, we were headed home to family. Are we there yet? mom's family okay so kevin is taking this this has got to be his first time flying he's taking this in stride got no problems norma is going through her um i think it's like a booklet announcements of all the upcoming activities for the 25th high school reunion i think it's basically spread over the course of a weekend and she's talking about some of these people like oh i haven't seen her in 25 years 
Jack's got his briefcase with him. He's got an airsick bag. And the lady who's sitting next to him is thinking, oh, you better not puke. So, but the thing is, Jack has flown before. We saw this in season four in the um, Thanksgiving episode, The Ties That Bind. He should be a seasoned pro at this. But maybe he's always had issues. Maybe it could be, you know, if they are experiencing turbulence, he's just not adjusted. Wayne, of course, he's a newbie. He's never flown before in his life. He's freaking. He is trying. I wouldn't say he's trying to. He's not freaking out and screaming at the top of his lungs and running back and forth down the aisle like Marge Simpson in that episode where she has a fear of flying. He's like, huh, 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 huh. and Kevin is just sitting right next to Wayne, like, huh, I hope that wasn't the wing. Huh, I hope that not, that's not the engine, as Wayne is just sitting there sweating bullets, just crying. <laughs> All right, well. I'm going to play this clip as they arrive on Norma's parents' doorstep. She's so excited! Uh, it looks like everyone else has recovered from the flight, which is good. Better. <laughs> or worse. Mother! Oh, welcome on! Yeah, look at the two of them! Oh, my little girl. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 fine grandsons of mine. I almost didn't recognize them. Uh, Once every century. <laughs> Hi! How's everybody? Maybe there was a reason. Oh, why don't we come on inside? You must be exhausted from your trip. Come on, come on. Maybe it was Dan. Well, better get that luggage inside before some of the local kids make off with it. open the door and they're all hugs and kiss oh norma it's been so long since i've seen you oh my grandsons oh you've changed so much and kevin's like well yeah grandma has been a long time and they hug her and then i noticed that norma's father really doesn't have a really much of a touch of gray on his hair his hair is actually dark but grandma there ma uh old norma's mom she's got a head full of white hair Jack, of course, is saddled with all the bags. Why aren't the boys helping? They got two trust, you know, strong arms. They can take a bag at least. Because Jack has got two in his arm, two each, one underneath each arm. And he's just, <laughs> I feel so bad for him. And the family doesn't even really acknowledge him. And they all go inside, except Norma's dad turns on, like, oh, you better bring that luggage inside or before the the local teenagers come and take off with it. Like, what an asshole. All right, they just, they don't like him. Well, we're going to get more into that now, soon, so. Because now the family's kind of getting settled. Oh, I see Wayne does have a piece of luggage, probably his own. Look at all this. It's exactly the Say this for the oldsters. They love their only daughter. If 
not their only son-in-law. <coughs> Here we are. How's the trip? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> Except Dad got a little sick. Well, uh, it's just the flight was a little bumpy, Mom. You're not going to get sick again, are you? No, I don't think so. Because Roger gave us this great antacid. It's good for diarrhea, too. No, really. I'm just... Roger's the doctor, you know. Mother, Roger's been a doctor for 15 years now. And a darn good one. He's just been named chief of staff and county general. Isn't that impressive? And of course, it was very impressive. Just one little question here. Who's Roger? Oh, a long time ago. Mother... We don't have to get into this right now, do we? I suppose not. Besides, we should probably unpack before dinner. Don't you think, honey? Yeah, sure. So, Jack, uh, been working on your gin game? <laughs> yeah, sure. Good. Because I thought after dinner, you and I might have a friendly little game. What do you say? Fine, Carl. Fine. Yeah, you had to hand it to Dad. No matter how cold the shoulder, he hung in there. Like a man at the gallows. Where do I put these? Why, enormous old room, of course. <laughs> Just wait till you see it. So, apparently, the flight had turbulence. Jack did not handle it too well. And Wayne, of course, has to add, well, Dad got a little sick. And... Norma's mother just looks at Jack and kind of sticks up her nose and just like, ugh, you're not going to get sick again, are you? And he, Jack's like, uh, no, no, I won't. Nope, nope, I'm good. And then, um, I don't know what Norma's mother's name is, but <laughs> she mentions how Roger's got some antacid thing that's good for that. Oh, and she mentions, and diarrhea, and just, we cut back to Jack's face, like, I'm, I'm good, really? I'm fine. Uh, we find out that Roger, well, is a doctor, and Norma's like, oh, well, Roger's been a doctor for 15 years, mother. <laughs> yeah, and of course... Her mother has to mention, he's just been named chief of staff at the hospital. Can you believe it? Like, and, and Kevin, along with all of us, are wondering, and he says this out loud, like, who's Roger? But just before her mother opens her mouth, Norma's like, oh, mother, we, we, we don't need to hear about Roger. We don't need to go into that, please. Jack, I think we need to get these bags upstairs, right? So, Norma's room apparently has been left exactly the same. Because as soon as Norma originally walked in the door, she said, Mom! Dad! You kept the house the same! It even smells the same! I can't say that about my childhood house. Um, it's had a lot of redos, which is good. It's definitely is nothing like, it does not have the full wood paneling like it used to back in the beginning when, when I was growing up. It's really, really nice. Pam has really decorated it and made it, you know, her home, which is, which is really good. Um, so we go up to Norma's room. Jack is setting all the, uh, all the luggage down on the floor there. 
Does he trip down the stairs or something? I'm like, because I know, spoiler alert, he does get injured. He gets hurt somehow, something I think with his leg. And that's why he can't accompany Norma to this 25th year reunion. Um, apparently, the Norma's father is good with um, gin. Is it gin? It's not Pinochle, it's gin. I've never played it. Uh, I don't want to play it. And he's like, hey, Jack, how about you and me after dinner? Well, I hope you're good. You got your gin game on, your gin hat, because uh, we're going to be playing a, a round or so after dinner. And, oh, oh, the dad's name we learned is Carl. Not Coral! <laughs> the Walking Dead. Not that Carl. No. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip as uh, they're all getting settled into Norma's old bedroom. I bet she's got a picture of uh, Roger from her... Uh, Senior prom, probably. I'm sure the mom's got it blown up and it's sitting over the fireplace downstairs. But it's got to be on the mantle at least, right? I bet. See, this Roger guy is who her parents wanted her to marry. It's probably who she was with before she met Jack. Daddy and I haven't changed it one bit. This was fun. Sort of like visiting a museum. Look. The Norma Gustafson Memorial Shrine. Gustafson. Mother, I can't believe you've kept these. <laughs> oh, Jack, look. My sixth grade citizenship ribbon. I was proud of my little girl. Still am. <laughs> you should hear him brag to the boys in Kiwanis about that new job. <laughs> Always knew she'd end up being something important. No matter what got in her way. What the hell? All in all, kind of reminded you of the Waltons. I hope you two are going to be comfortable here. We only have the one bed. So, uh, where do we sleep, Grandma? Down the hall in the guest room. Just, uh, right down the hall and to the left. Great. Okay, so Norma's last name is, I think it's Gustafson? Gustafson? And Norma's going through. She's got her old pom-pom, so she was a cheerleader. Not surprising. And there's also this little stuffed bunny thing that makes a sound when you squish it because she's holding it. And her mother, of course, is like, oh, I hope you two will be comfortable in here. We only have the one bed, which is most likely a twin. Jack will probably be on the floor or on the couch downstairs, would be my guess. Kevin's like, hey, Grandma, where are uh, Wayne and I going to sleep? And she's like, oh, you take the guest room down the hall on the left, sweetie. That's for you guys. Let me guess, they're sharing a bed or they're two twins? But before we get to that, um, well, Norma's new job, you remember in the last episode, she got a new job with a uh, computer company, those two guys, right? Um... Of course, she called her parents. Her dad's been bragging, got his bragging rights about his little girl. She's clearly an only child, and I believe Jack is also an only child. Because we never hear him mention a sibling, and we've never mentioned had Norma mention that she's got a sibling either. So, of course, only child, they spoil the heck out of her. They got bragging rights about that new job that her dad talks about down at someplace. 
she said like quite some it's gotta be some place for the senior citizens to hang out and play cards and everything and the dad here makes a joke which i clearly call this man an asshole um he's like we always knew that she'd strike it big with something no matter what got in her way as we see Jack. Like, what is your, oh my gosh, they hate him! Did they boycott her wedding? Because they seem like the type that would. They really loathe him. There's nothing wrong with that man. What, because he's not a doctor like Roger is? He's a good man. He provides for his wife and his family. He's done a hell of a job. Ugh. And Kevin, of course, just wants to get the hell out of Like, all right, we're going to go check out our room and get away from this drama session. Which I can say, I can't blame you, Kev. Get out of there. After all, no sense hanging around all that hostility. The hell? Why didn't they mention they had a dog? Oh, there she is. Boys, I'd like you to meet Princess. Oh, a princess? She's a shy around you, folks. Aren't you, girl? Hey, too. Hey, <laughs> Isn't this cute? There's nothing so sweet as a boy and his dog. The dog's gonna take a fucking chunk out of him. So Kevin barely takes two feet into the hallway before he's met with uh, the dog from hell. Um, we learn this Rottweiler, her name is Princess, and the <laughs> Kevin's grandma comes up like, oh, nothing more sweeter than a boy and his dog, and I'm looking at this dog, and I'm like, this dog is gonna take a chunk out of your leg, Kevin. He, this dog does not look friendly at all. Uh, and this dog... <laughs> Yeah, this dog and Kevin do not have a good relationship to start. I don't think even at all, really. Ugh. Well, I can see they probably want the protection, you know, those local teenagers that will make off with your luggage and Lord knows what else. You want to have that dog there. But maybe the dog has encountered teenage boys and doesn't like teenage boys. So he senses... Kevin has, you know, he, he blows up, you know, he, he blows up sometimes, you know, he, he gets, you know how, he, you know how he gets. Dogs can sense that in people, <laughs> and this dog clearly has got his sights on Kevin. I don't know anything about, you know, he hasn't, the dog's not looked at, she, she, her name is Princess. Nothing wrong with that name. Nothing. You can name your dog whatever you want. It's, you know what? You know what? They probably got that dog after, no, that wouldn't make sense. They must have gotten that dog recently. That's their fur baby. That's their, um, that's their new baby after Norma left <laughs> for college. <laughs> Dog. They probably wanted the dog for protection. And because they don't have their daughter, since they only have one child, and that child is like 40 plus years old now, so it was like, we, we need a dog. We need that protection. Where do they... I'm trying to think. I don't even think we learn where they fly to. 
I, I don't think we do. So I'm going to play this clipper on the dinner table. This will be great. Ugh. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Here we were. One big happy family. Put the dog out of there. Eagerly catching up on one another's lives. Furniture, huh? What? Oh, I was just telling Daddy how well your furniture business is doing, honey. Uh, yeah, we've been pretty successful so far. I don't hold much truck with this new stuff. In my day, people knew how to build furniture. <laughs> Take this table. Darling, made to last. Had it since we were married. It'll be here for you boys when I'm gone. Whoops. What was that again? Daddy, don't talk like that. Well, it's true. You boys will be getting this place one day. Really? You mean this house? Yeah, and everything in it. Now I gotta leave it to someone. I'm not gonna be around forever, you know. Jeez. Thanks, Cramps. You're the best. Now, now, sweetheart. You don't have to worry about Daddy. Not as long as he has Roger as his doctor. He's quite a guy. He certainly is. And there it was, Roger again. Mother, we don't have to hear more about Roger, do we? Of course not, dear. So Kevin's sitting there trying to eat his meal, and you have Princess sitting there just growling. Put the dog in another room where it doesn't need to be around the dinner table when people are eating. Kevin does not need that hostility. I like dogs. I really do. I don't have a problem with dogs. I don't want one growling at me while I'm trying to eat. I... <laughs> And, of course, uh, Norma is mentioning about the furniture factory, you know, shop that um, Jack's got. The dad, her dad, it's like, oh, my, I don't really take much stock in these type of things. But, hey, look at this table, this dining room table that we're eating off of. Bought it when I got married, and it's held up ever since. You can fit two people on that table. <laughs> I'm sure it could hold up for that. Um, and he mentions how, oh, you boys are going to be getting this table when I die. In fact, you're going to get this whole house and everything in it. Cha-ching! We hear that dollar sign right above Wayne's head. He's like, what? What do you say, Grandpa? Really? You're going to leave this house to me? And all of the possessions in it? Oh, he's thinking he's going to be sitting on a gold mine. And Norma's like, Daddy, don't talk like that. You're not going to die. Not anytime soon. And of course, Norma's mother's like, oh, well, don't worry about your father. As long as he has Roger as his doctor, he's going to be just fine. And Norma's like, mother, please, we, we don't need to hear about Roger anymore. Ding dong goes the bell. Hmm, who's at the door? It's Roger. Of course you're going to invite him over because you want to rub that even more in Jack's face. It's, oh my God, this family, this family, this couple, her parents. I, I don't know what else I can say about them, but they are very intrusive. They would love it if Norma just dropped Jack like a bad habit and just 
banged Roger right there in front of him because they love that guy so much. Ugh. I'm going to play this clip. Let's get a load of this Roger guy, shall we? Told you himself. <laughs> Those are really some great times we had, Norma. I still remember the look on your face when I gave you my class ring. Roger Baldwin, in the flesh. Do you remember how jealous Jerry Yost was when he saw you wearing it for the first time? Jerry Yost? I haven't thought about him in years. Oh, here it is. The prom picture. That evening was like the tea party from hell. Kevin. Weren't they a striking couple? Grandma played matchmaker. <laughs> Roger played big shot. While my brother played... That's a nice frame, Grandma. What is that, Pewter? <laughs> Jim! <laughs> well, looks like you're down another 40 points, Jack. <laughs> As for Dad... And everybody's going to be so thrilled to see you two at the picnic tomorrow. Jack and I wouldn't miss it for the world. I met you and Roger, dear. You know, sometimes I wonder what might have happened if I hadn't gone away to medical school. Okay. It was clear the big guy had had his fill of this malarkey. So it's after dinner. The family's hanging out in the living room. Roger's hanging out by the mantle. Grandma's pulling down. Of course, she's got a framed photo of... Norma and Roger's prom photo. Like, oh, look at this. Weren't you both a beautiful couple? Wayne, of course, is like, hmm, let me check out this frame. Grandma, is this, what do you say, like pewter or something like that? Because he wants, he's like, he's already pricing stuff in his mind for how much everything's going to be worth. And, of course, Roger's like, you know, I sometimes wonder what would have been if I hadn't gone away to medical school, Norma? I could have married you. And he mentions about how he had given her a class ring and some guy named Jerry something or other was so jealous with envy. <sighs> and the thing that irritates me, other than the grandmother, drives me... Norma's mother drives me nuts. The dad... Does too because he's busy playing, you know, beating Jack at gin, and um, she meant uh the the parade the the thing of a the party parade thing for the at the twenty fifth uh high school reunion thingy at the park or wherever it's supposed to be held, and Norma's like, oh Jack and I wouldn't miss it for the world, and. Her mother's like, oh, honey, no, I meant you and Roger. And Jack has had enough. He's not going to sit there and continue to be berated by this couple that hates the fact that he married their daughter when she could have had a doctor, which that's not what she wanted. Can you imagine her married to a doctor? She would never see him. <laughs> Probably wondering, like, is he fucking a nurse? I mean, ugh. But Jack finally gets up. He's had enough. It's like, what is going on? I This is my wife. I will escort her to the 25th 
high school reunion thing. That is my job. I am her husband. She is my my wife. I will do this. That's what we came here for. Not for Roger to take her out. But, all right, we're going to play this clip because this must be where it happens, where Jack injures himself. I'm going to bed. Oh, he's going to bed. Okay, well. Night, honey. Get some rest. <laughs> Night, Jack. Yeah. yeah. And there you had it. What had begun as a simple trip home was suddenly turning into... Nightmare on Gustafson Street. And the worst part was, I was the only one who seemed to notice. Uh, butthead, this place is a gold mine. I mean, you should see the stuff they got stashed in the attic. Genuine antiques. <laughs> We're gonna be rich! <laughs> maybe so, maybe not. <laughs> You're very sweet, Roger. Great. All I knew was, standing there, watching Mom spoon with her high school sweetheart, hearing Dad snore in the next room, listening to Wayne count his tax breaks. Suddenly, one thing was clear. Yeah, you, you are not getting that bad. I was going to sleep on the floor. So, in the bedroom... At least Wayne and Kevin get their own beds. Well, Wayne gets his own bed. Kevin is shit out of luck. Um, he, Kevin is watching from the window upstairs at his mom and Roger. And, you know, she's talking to him outside saying, oh, you're very sweet. He's probably flattering her. And she's being, she's being polite. You know, she's being polite. And the fact that Kevin says something that nowadays has been taken out of context as he says, watching my mother spoon with Roger. Um, wow, that is such a different term nowadays. They are not spooning, I'm telling you that. They're leaning up against his probably red sports car. It's red, it's sports car. Because he's a doctor, and yes... He's got to have a sports car. Um, Jack's snoring in the other room. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. At this point, what else? What can he really do? Wayne is like, oh, it's such a gold... He says the term, as I've said, gold mine. This place is a gold mine. Have you seen the shit they got upstairs? That is real quality, amazing shit. We're sitting on top of a gold mine, you and me. Well, yeah, probably Wayne, because he's the one who... Only one that really gives a shit. Um, so, Kevin turns, like, okay, I want to, like, lay in my bed here. And, unfortunately, Princess has made it her own. Kevin, you're sleeping on the floor or on the couch. I'm sorry. <sighs> That's probably her bed. She probably sleeps in that bed. She probably sleeps in the other one, too. She switches off nights. I'll sleep on this one. This night, the next night, I'm sleeping in this bed. She's got the whole run of the house, that dog. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you, Kevin. I don't know why this dog does not like you. Maybe he sen she senses your hostility. <laughs> the fact that you uh, tend to overreact a lot, maybe. Yeah, that might be it. Um, How many times have I seen either TV movies or... TV shows, and the mascot is a wild cat. 
I've seen a I and heard a lot of that. So apparently that was the mascot at Norma's high school, the Wildcats. And of course, they're handing out awards like for the person who traveled the farthest to be here, of course, is Norma because everyone else probably stayed in that town and didn't move on or they left to go to college and then came back to raise a family and stuff like that. I don't know. But I'll play this clip. Let's give a special welcome to the Wildcatter who traveled the greatest distance to be with us today from 5,500 miles away, Jill Pritchard. Oh, damn it. I thought it was class of 48. Hairspray and old memories, the class of 48 gathered. You remember when we just sat there on that foot while the parade went by without us? It was all pretty festive. <laughs> now, Norma, weren't you the one that convinced those policemen to tow us the rest of the way? Yeah, I think I was. But while Mom was having the time of her teenage life, the Arnold men were getting old. Fast. This is a lot of fun. Come on, the car. What? Why? Why? Well, I think I should spend more time with Grandpa. He won't be around forever, you know. He said so himself. What are you going to do, count the silverware? <laughs> Come on to the China. I want you back in two hours. No problem. Yes. Which pretty much narrowed it down to the two of us. Hey, fellas. Roger. Hi. Great turnout. Yeah. That contest should be starting soon. You game? I think I'll pass. Right. Can't say as I blame you. If I didn't work out like a madman, I wouldn't dare enter myself. No comment. So this um, furniture business of yours, I understand it's handcrafted work. Yeah, we use... Uh, Hardwood frames, dowels, and all the joints. So what do you have to do for that? Go to um, furniture school? <laughs> I'm getting a beer. Well, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Apparently, Norma did not travel the farthest to be there. It was some Jill person, I think. Um, and Norma is hanging out with the girls. She's talking about when um, some parade, like, like, the float they were supposed to be on, like, like, passed them, and then they were stuck there, and then she convinced, like, the police or whoever to, like, help them do something, and <laughs> Norma is just, she's eating it up, she's having a time of her life with the girls. Um, of course, we see Wayne, Kevin, and Jack all hanging out by the tree, and Wayne wants to get back to the house so he can count the silver or whatever, china or something. You know, he wants to itemize everything. And I kept wondering, like, what are Jack and Kevin doing? Because Jack is kind of bent over, you know, um, in front of Kevin. You know, his eyes are on something. Like, they're, like, tying, like, the strings or whatever on a baseball glove. I'm not sure what the official term is for the strings. Um, he gives Wayne the key, says, hey, be back in a couple hours. We got Roger that apparently has to come over there and say, hey, you entering in the game? Maybe there's going to be a baseball game or something. Because Kevin got two mitts there. And... Uh, Jack's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. And Roger's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, if I didn't work out like crazy every day, he pat pats his, uh, his old tum-tum there because 
He's not got washboard abs, mind you. He is in his 40s, but he works out all the time along with being a doctor. How he finds the time, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and Rogers Andrews like, hey, that furniture business you got, um, what's that? Did you have to go to furniture school? He's making a dig at him. Like, oh, let me guess, you had to go to college for that, right? Furniture school? And Jack just kind of raises an eyebrow like, huh, yeah, um, I'm getting a beer. And he just leaves Kevin there by himself. I'm gonna see if, uh, Kevin and Roger have words of any kind. This guy is... And he, he's a dickhead. He's a major dickhead. I don't like him. Oh, oh, he's also, you know the type, right? They got the sweater over the shoulders and then it's kind of tied in a knot underneath the neck or in front of the chest. He's that type. He's that preppy Zach Morris Saved by the Bell type. How I'm all great. I'm going to rub it in your face so you're totally shit. And I'm perfect. I hate that. I hate it. Don't like him. He gets a cold brew, I get the shrews with Dr. Wonderful. <coughs> that is one exceptional lady, your mother. You gotta wonder what might have been. Who knows? A few different turns in the road and it might have been my son. Ew, no, pervert. Kinda made you want to reconsider the whole science of genetics. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please take your position for the start of the sack break. This guy's got some balls. The fact that he's, like, looking at Norma like, oh, my gosh, I would totally tap that, even though I never did when we were in high school. You know what I'm saying? If I hadn't taken the turns of knife, I could have been your father. As he slaps a hand on Kevin's shoulder and walks off. Like, you are an, a dickhead. Who goes up to someone, some, someone's kid and says, oh, I totally fuck your mom. If she weren't married to your dad, and if you think about it, if I hadn't went to medical school, I could have wound up as your father. Go to hell, Roger. All right, let's see. They're going to do the sack race. This is going to be fun. <laughs> he, I bet he gets hurt doing that. This is how Jack gets hurt, right? The sack race. Speaking of potatoes. Come on, Dad. <laughs> Need a bigger sack there, Jack? <laughs> After all, when push came oh, to shove, this'll do fine. Dad was never one to turn down a challenge. <laughs> no matter how stupid. <laughs> and so began the great burlap grudge match of nineteen seventy-three. It was a battle for honor, reputation, glory, a fight to the finish. It was the stuff of legends. And in the end, it all hinged on one thing. My father's bad back. Jack could have won that sack race against Roger if his fucking back didn't give out on him. He's like, oh, 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 my back. And he goes down like a sack of potatoes. <clears throat> now we're back at the house. Roger's helping Jack get adjusted on the couch and everything. Since, you know, he's a doc. Roger's a doctor, so 
He's helping him out. How humiliating and embarrassing to have your wife's ex-boyfriend helping you out after you were going to beat him in the sack race, but he easily beat you because your back gave out. Shit. This means no dancing tonight. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, I'll call you tomorrow. See how he's feeling. Thanks, Roger. Sure. And there you had it. An inglorious end to an even more inglorious weekend. Bye. Not that I was particularly sorry to see this whole charade over with. Isn't this always the way? Well, what do you mean, Mother? Well, you travel all the way out here. And just when the good times began, somebody ruins it. Our poor little girl's gonna miss her big evening. It's a shame, all right. Jeez, talk about compassion. Look, it's just a dance, right? I mean, if he can't go, he can't go. Right, Dad? Norma, I think you should go. Jack, you can't even move. Your mother's right. It's your big night. You came all this way. You shouldn't miss it because of me. You should go. Absolutely not. Maybe Roger could take you. What? That's a good idea. And with that, the wheels came off. So, I can't believe her mother. She's just so rude. She's like, oh no, my little girl's gonna miss her dance. The dance that she came all this way for. Always when the good times get going, someone has to come along and ruin it as she glares at Jack who's laid up on the couch. Like, he threw out his damn back. It's probably in traction. Oh, that's going to be a pain in the butt going on that flight, huh? Hopefully he recovers, because they're only there for a couple days. But, yo, Norma's like, no, honey, I'm going to stay home with you and take care of you. And he's like, no, 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 Norma, you came all this way. Have Roger take you. And, of course, her mother's eyes light up like a Christmas tree. Like, that is such a wonderful idea. And Kevin, like the rest of us, are like, what? Are you kidding me? Well, Jack's like, honey, you can't miss this. We came all this way. As we see Roger show up in his red sports car with the song White Sport Coat and a pink carnation plays. Norma's coming down the stairs in this really nice red dress very beautiful she's got her white pocketbook and i think it's like a white slip or something to go with it and i'm gonna play this clip there he is <coughs> well i guess it's time for me to go that evening while the rest of us stayed home <coughs> yeah, honey you sure that this is okay absolutely Watched my mother waltz out the door for the night of her life. And for all that, Dad's only response was, Your deal or mine? Face it, nothing made sense. Suddenly everything seemed up for grabs. Hey, screw up. Is Peter worth anything? I don't know. Hey, can you stop the inventory for a minute? 
It's your problem. But it wasn't going to be easy to put into words. You think Mom's happy she married Dad? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. Otherwise, she couldn't have had me. <laughs> Forget it. Hey, do me a favor. See what's in the garage. Yeah, I'll do that. So Norma heads on her way out to meet Roger, who's waiting outside, and he and Carl, <laughs> Norma's father, are playing um, gin rummy or gin or whatever on the couch. Kevin goes up to Wayne, who's busy analyzing and itemizing everything that he's pulled out of the attic. And Kevin's like, isn't this weird? I mean, the fact that uh, Roger's going out with uh, our mother and her dad's laid up. And uh, do you think that she's happy that she married her father instead of Roger? Which, we've heard her say that she's happy that she married Jack. Jeez. Kevin's just worried. He's just worried. Which is understandable. I get it. Wayne doesn't offer any support of any kind. Like, yeah, of course she's happy. Otherwise, she wouldn't. They wouldn't have had me or something. Well, they had Karen before you, butthead. So, and Kevin's like, "All right, you're no help. I'm out of here." As he wanders off, and Wayne shouts, "Hey, check and see what's in the garage." And Kevin's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll, uh, I'll do that. Uh huh. Bye." Would have it. It was a beautiful spring evening. And I couldn't help but wonder if romance wasn't in the air. cans and 32 backyards later, it was official. This trip was a bust. Hey, butthead. <coughs> what happened to you? The dog and I took a three-hour tour of the neighborhood. Here, a three straight head. <laughs> yeah, you got me again, Carl. My mother was AWOL. My father had turned into a punching bag. Oh, I better turn in. I hadn't been feeling quite up to par lately. And my brother, she grabs. I hope it's nothing serious. Had become a ghoul. Oh, I wouldn't worry, Wayne. Us Gustafsons are made of strong stuff. Hadn't been one of us if lived at least 95. What? Yep. <coughs> Might as well put that calculator away. <laughs> I know. 95. Really? So. How old are you now? 
So, Kevin is thinking of his mom and Roger at this dance, which apparently is a sweetheart ball. It's not a prom. They were voted king and queen of some sweetheart ball. Oh, my God. So, Kevin is thinking of that, and it's a nice spring evening, and it's the night's ripe with romance or whatever. And then we got this dog princess growling at him again. Kevin finally is like, you know what? I've had enough of you. You're all bark and no bite. And the dog kind of, like, backs away, like, And then, of course, Kevin's like, all right, good. We agree with each other. And the dog goes back to growling and just takes off after Kevin. And Kevin is, like, hopping fences, jumping over trash cans. He comes back. His shirt's untucked. Wayne's like, hey, butthead, what happened to you? And Kevin's like, well, me and the dog went on a three-hour tour of the neighborhood in the dark. They need to do something about that dog. I'm sorry, but if I had a kid and a dog was being aggressive towards that child, it's like, that dog is going to stay out in the garage or in a bedroom somewhere. That is ridiculous. So, uh, Norma's father beats Jack at Jen three times. He's like, all right, I'm up to, I'm going to bed. I am not as up to par, I guess, or whatever the heck he says. And Wayne, of course, clues into this, like, oh, Grandpa, what, you're not feeling good? And then his grandfather looks at him and says, hey, you may as well put away that calculator. Us Gustafsons have been known to live to her at least 95. And Wayne follows Grandpa up the stairs and like, oh, well, how old are you now? He's got to be in his like late 60s or 70s or something by now. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so Kevin sits down with Jack and... I'm sure Kevin is all like, geez, Dad, this is so messed up. You know, Mom's with Roger. You're laid up on the couch. You don't seem to give a shit at all about any of this. Which, what can Jack really do? Perfect. <coughs> this is perfect. What's wrong with you? <coughs> and that just about did it. Me? What's wrong with me? It was time to tell him exactly <laughs> how I felt. About him, about mom, about the stupid gin games and the dumb boyfriends and the idiotic dog. I hate this place. Yeah, that was it. In a nutshell. <laughs> What's so funny? You're starting to sound just like your mother. What? You heard me. Yeah, but mom loves this place. Yeah, for a day or two, maybe. Trust me. 21 years ago, she couldn't wait to get out. <coughs> You're kidding. Nah. Your mother wanted a lot more from life than a small town like this had to offer. So why didn't you tell Grandma and Grandpa about it? She never says a word. She used to. They couldn't hear her. <coughs> Parents are like that sometimes. And I guess right about then, a few things started to fall into place. So Kevin kind of blows up, you know, like he does. He's like, I hate this place. I hate it so much. And Jack just kind of chuckles to himself. And Kevin's like, what? what? What's so funny? And Jack's like, you know who you sound like? Your mother. That's exactly like she was. And Kevin's like, well, wait, no, she loves this place. 
And Jack says, 21 years ago, she couldn't wait to get out of here because she wanted more than what a small town could offer. And Kevin's like, well, why didn't she just complain to her parents? And Jack just looked and like, because they eventually just tuned her out. Like, because they couldn't hear her. Eventually, she just stopped complaining and just... She saw Jack as a ticket to get the fuck out of that small town. She's like... I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a doctor's wife. I want more than this. And she got more than that. She got everything that she could hope. She's got a career. She's got an amazing husband. She's heading towards retirement in another 10 years or so. She she got it all. And she couldn't be happier. So I'm going to play this clip as she comes back from the dance. And she and Jack just kind of hang on each other and loving on each other. And, you know, everything's cool. Everything is fine, Kevin. It's just fine. You're home early. (laughs) Yeah. No. How was it? It was fine. But when the invitation comes for my 30th reunion. Yeah. Let's tear it up. Maybe a lot of things. How is Roger? Roger. Roger's the same old jerk he always was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, sorry. So how is Sedan? Actually, it was a little boring. But you had a good time. Yeah, I did. After all, maybe there are some things in life that just can't be changed. A child's hopes. A parent's dreams. Well, good night, everyone. Okay. So, should let Dad beat you? Just enough to make him happy. (laughs) And maybe, when it comes to families, that's all for the best. Why don't we take a little walk? What about your dad? Well, I'm down, but I'm not a. Oh. I'll bet you're not. It's very. So, Jack asks, you know, how was the dance and everything? And Norma's like, eh, it was okay because she came back early. And Jack Jack is uh, like, how was Roger? And she's like, I realize he is the same jerk that he was when we dated. All is well, all is well, and in the Arnold family. (laughs) And she tells Jack, you know, when the next um, invitation for my 30th reunion comes around, let's just rip it up. Yeah, you don't need to be going every five years. Not that much happens in five years. Plus, it's like, she probably went to that thing, realized these people are still the same people they were when she left, and nothing has changed. Like, what the hell's the point? Like, she came, she saw, she danced, she moved on. And um, apparently, (laughs) Jack was letting her dad win at Jen, which... That's fine. So he's like, oh, let's take a walk for a bit, you and me. And she's like, oh, honey, are you sure? Are you sure? And he's like, oh, well, I may be down, but I'm not out. Like, all right. Have fun in that tiny bed. (laughs) Ah! 
Oh, boy. And I love how Kevin, you know, he just watches his parents, you know, they just, they love each other, and everything's great, and everything is fine. And, of course, Norma's mother comes down the steps, and is like, oh, honey, did you have a good time? And, of course, Norma kind of is, like, looking at Jack, like, yes, mother, I had a good, it was a great time, it was wonderful, thank you. And the mother just smiles and goes upstairs, and my heart kind of melts just a little bit for her. just just a little i mean she is a, a senior citizen and i don't want to be too too mad at her so she the little bit of little bit of sweetness and a twinkle in her eye no mention of roger that's probably why i was fine with it <laughs> like they say growing up isn't easy no matter how old you are it's all a matter of time and luck and if you're very lucky, maybe love. All I knew was, that night, in that old house, I felt part of something lasting. Family. For better or worse. Good night. So Kevin looks out the window at his parents kind of hanging out on the patio furniture and just, you know, Norma's got her head on Jack's shoulder and just her laughing probably about something stupid that Roger said or did at the, like, he probably spilled punch on his tie or something like that or said something stupid about his golf score or how he's doing whatever with being a doctor and he won some stupid award or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy's so fucking full of himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of laughs at Roger's expense. Um, <laughs> Kevin, of course, gets into bed. Of course, Princess jumps on the bed. But she's fine now. She's panting away. She's smiling. It's all good. And Kevin just looks at her because she's at the foot of the bed. And he's like, good night. And he turns over on his side, and he's like, you don't snore, do you? And the doctor, like, oh, wonderful, we're back to that again. <laughs> and that is the end of the episode. Oh, this was such a fun episode. <laughs> this was really fun. Um, so my rating for this, the Flower Power episode rating, let's see. Um... You know what? I'm just going to knock one off for her annoying-ass parents and Roger combined. You, yeah. And, and Princess will throw in her aggression there. That's all combined into one. The things I liked about it um, with the airplane ride was funny that Kevin was like, oh, I need more peanuts. Oh, he's just hassling Wayne. Like, huh, I hope that wasn't the engine. Oh my gosh, I hope that's not the wing. There's something out on the wing of the plane. Um, also, I like Norma sitting with her, her friends, kind of talking about old times at the uh, reunion. I really liked, um, J um, I like Jack trying to beat Roger, and then, of course, he throws out his back. Um, Kevin and Princess work things out, and Jack and 
Norma are hanging out in the backyard. So, you know, I'm going to give it a full five. Full five for, since it's the last episode. And those were my only gripes were the parents and Roger and Princess being an aggressive dog that needed to be shut away in a room for a while. Or she and Kevin just needed to hash things out, I guess. <laughs> that dog didn't even have any scenes with Wayne. It was all about Kevin and this dog, which, fine, fine. Wonderling words of wisdom. Um, I guess you just sometimes got to suck it up and deal with the parents when it comes to certain things. Like, they see you a certain way. Just let them have their moment and then know that you can leave and get on to your own life. Just let them have that, I guess. Um, yeah. Although, if it were me, I'd be standing up to my husband if my family were talking to my husband that way. I would not, no, and Jeremy would not put up with that, not for a second. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it, everybody. Um, I'm gonna do the shout out to you all, and then I will get to that, um, I'll pull that up on my phone. Um, let me locate that, and then we'll get into that. All right. All right, let's give a shout-out to you. One last final shout-out to the Wonderling listeners. Key Biscayne, Florida. Sun Valley, Nevada. Attleboro, Massachusetts. K-I-L-L-E-E-N, Texas. So is that Killeen? Ayer, A-Y-E-R, Massachusetts. Meridian, uh, Idaho. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Atlanta, Georgia, St. Albans, Missouri, Seattle, Washington, Greensboro, North Carolina, Oakville, Canada, Tupper Lake, New York, Croydon, Australia, Eatontown, New Jersey, Aurora, Colorado, Phoenix, Arizona, Los Angeles, California, Cleveland, Ohio, Graysonville, Maryland, St. John's, Canada, Johannesburg, or is it Johannesburg, South Africa, I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, Redmond, Washington, Zephyrus, Florida. Again, if I butcher the names, I apologize. All right, I pulled up the fan fiction on my phone here. This is a note from the author. The... See what the author is. It says the Wayne updates. That's what the blog is. Note from the author: This is a sort of fan fiction script that I have written for the show, The Wonder Years. I really love this show, and so I decided to write my own episodes. This is my first serious attempt at writing an episode, and it has been an even greater challenge trying to live up to the quality of the writing that The Wonder Years features. But it has. It was a very fun challenge. This episode was written four times before being typed. There will be more episodes to come, so stay tuned. Also, in the prologue, it does have a change in the ending. So, The Wonder Years, Season 7, Episode 1, Seniors. Description, Seniors. It's the beginning of Kevin's senior year of high school and faces new challenges involving his friends. Narrator. <clears throat> Once upon a time... There was a girl I knew who lived across the street. Brown hair, brown eyes. When she smiled, I smiled. When she cried, I cried. Every single thing that ever happened to me that mattered in some way had to do with her. That day, Winnie and I promised each other that no matter what, that we'd always be together. It was a promise full of passion 
and truth and wisdom. It was a very kind of promise that can only come from the hearts of the very young. The next day, Winnie and I came home, back to where we'd started. It was the 4th of July in that little suburban town. Somehow, though, things were different. Our past was here, but our future was somewhere else, and we both knew sooner or later we had to go. Scene fades to credits. All right. Scene fades in with a shot of McKinley Senior High School, ABC by the Jackson 5, plays in the background. Oh, I drink on my pop. Shoot. No, guys, that was me. That wasn't the fan fiction. Uh, you know what? I should get something to drink. My mouth is going to get very dry. I'll be right back. Okay, guys, and remember, this is fan fiction. This was created from someone's mind who used the characters from The Wonder Years. <sighs> okay. There was a time when school was simple. Scene fades into recorded home videos showing Kevin, Paul, and Winnie in their elementary school class. Your teachers knew everything about you, and you knew everything about them. Video shows the teacher walking up to Kevin and Paul, and they look up and smile at her, and Winnie runs up to both of them. And this, of course, is uh, interspliced with Kevin's adult Kevin's narration. And your biggest challenge was staying inside the lines when you colored. Then after a day of fun, you went home, played with your friends, and went back to school the next day for more fun and games. Video of Kevin and Paul playing in the front yard and running around the house. Scene cuts to a close-up of a teacher's desk. Music cuts off. Stacks, stack of books slams onto the desk, making a loud noise, startling the class. High school was not one of those times. Miss Marks. Welcome, sorry guys. Welcome to Classic Literature. For our first novel, we're going to read Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. It is a wonderful novel of the literature genre. I'm sure that you will enjoy reading it. The class begins distributing the book amongst each other. Miss Marks, I want you all to read chapters 1 through 8 tonight, due tomorrow. Kevin narration. Wait a minute. What was this teacher thinking? Apparently, this teacher had either forgotten that this was the first day at school or had completely lost it. Scene fades to the same classroom. The teacher continues talking to the class about the book. We sat there listening to Miss Marks talk on and on for, oh, three days. After a while, I spaced out. Classic literature class was a good time to think about everything. Life, relationships, your past, just about every topic besides classic literature. School bell rings. The class stands up to leave. Miss Marks. Where are you going? I dismiss... Guys, I am so sorry. <clears throat> I dismiss you, not the bell. Class sits down slowly in acceptance. What was she doing? This was the only time we had away from the classrooms. The teachers. The only time for friends. Miss Marks. Class dismissed. Class stands up in a hurry and leaves the classroom. Close shot of Kevin walking down the hall with an annoyed and frustrated look on his face. Okay, so I was having a bad day. See, um, this stuff is uh, also in Kevin's head. We haven't heard him actually speak out loud. You hear a lot of Kevin's narration, just like in the show. Cut to the lunchroom. Ah, lunch. Good old lunch. Not even Mr. Val Valente could mess this up for us. Kevin sits down with his lunch and looks around. Fades to the end of lunch. By the end of lunch, I was feeling like... <laughs> 
feeling like an outsider, I was feeling lonely. Like a kid sitting by himself at a lunch table. Because I was a kid sitting by himself at a lunch table. That's when I realized how important Paul had been to me. Paul. We had known each other since we were... Since he was 32 hours old, and we had been friends since. I hadn't realized until then how I, how lost I was without him. We were best friends, and now we were separated. I just realized that I hadn't seen him all day, and I hadn't seen Winnie either. Winnie. I hadn't seen her since July, but she was still part of me, no matter where life took us. Kevin relives flashbacks. <laughs> all right. Okay, um, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it is very long. Um, I will post a link. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll post a link to it so that way if you guys want to read it and then, you know, read on the other, that the guy, person posts, you can do that too. So, Whew. all right. So, yeah, that's it, guys. That's it for the Wonder Years. I can't believe it. I, like I said, I spent a year and a half doing the show, and I have my framed picture of the cast right here behind my laptop and behind the little DVD player, and whenever I look at it, I'll always think of the show. So, and I want to thank you all, all of you listeners, whether you're new, whether you've been listening for a while, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I really really hope that um that you guys will hopefully continue to, to listen even though I'm not doing the wonder years anymore I will continue with growing pains silver spoons occasionally Mr. Belvedere I would like to eventually get back to American Dreams when I can but that will be you know here here or there eventually whenever I can get to that um small wonder comes in February I'm looking forward to that with Growing Pains and Small Wonder, I think I'll be doing Growing Pains twice a month and Small Wonder twice a month. But, like I said, we'll just see how we do with that. Silver Spoons is going to be a weekly podcast that will... I believe I'm going to try to just put that on Sundays. So, yeah. A lot of content uh, coming your way. So... Like I said, even though the Wonder Years is done, I hope that you know, you guys will enjoy the other shows that I cover. And I I thank you so much for following along and, and listening. You know, when I first started podcasting with Punky Brewster, I I often wondered who was gonna sit and listen to me talk about this show. But I think the fact that I love the show so much and I just feel like I put so much of myself into it. And Jeremy the other day was kind of joking like, I bet you're just phoning it in. It's like, no, I would never phone it in because honestly, if I'm phoning it in, that means that I'm not enjoying it anymore. And that is not the case with this. I love the shows. I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. And it's just fun to go down memory lane with episodes that I've seen before, episodes that I haven't seen. You know, when I get to season two of um, Silver Spoons, a lot of that stuff I have not seen. Even though I had the box set of Silver Spoons like 10, 11 years ago, a lot of that stuff I don't remember. Um, 
So all like I said, all of this is new to me, and I love like being able to experience everything for the first time. Like I'll think, oh, this happens, and then it turns out that it doesn't happen. So it's it's fun to make mistake mistakes and and discover things about the characters that I didn't know, and just going on this journey with them as they grow up and they go through things, and you know we laugh and we feel for these characters. It's just and even with with Kevin and everything, everything that he went through you know his up and ups and downs with Winnie you know him with his relationship with his mom with his dad with Wayne and Karen and everything it's just it was so great to be a part of that I mean I wasn't on the set when they were filming or anything but it's just you watch these shows week by week by week and a week turns into a month, month turns into a year, and it's just so much of your life is given to discussing these shows and spending time with these characters that you almost feel like you are a part of it in a way. And you, the listeners, by by listening, it's almost like you guys are a part of this too. You come back, you know, and you, you download the episode and you listen to it and everything. And I just, I love bringing this to you guys and... I'm going to love continuing to do this. So, you know, at one point, maybe down the road, I'll probably say, you know what? I think the podcasting thing is the venture has come to a close and, and, and that'll be that. And I'll move on to, you know, the next thing. But I don't foresee that for a while. Like I said, Small Wonder is four seasons. I'm going through all the episodes. Growing Pains, even though it's seven or um, Small Wonder is seven seasons Silver Spoons is five seasons long, and we're almost done with Silver Spoons Season 1. Um, Growing Pains is seven seasons, but I'm not doing every single episode, like I've said in the past. So, um, yeah. So, everyone have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Be safe out there. Guys, I cannot stress that enough. If you are going to drink... Stay where you are. Do not get in a car and a drive. If you need to be somewhere, have someone sober pick you up. Call Uber or Lyft or a friend that you know that is sober to drive you home. Do not get in your car and drink and drive. You could easily take your life and someone else's life. You could get pulled over. You could have lose your license, fines up the wazoo. I know it sounds like I'm preaching, but guys, seriously, I am... I don't want to see anything bad happen. I really, really don't. And it's not just because you're my listeners. It's just because I care so much. And I don't want to see anything happen to anybody. Alright? Please be careful. But most of all, let's ring in 2019. Pray for good things. That, you know, that good things will come for 2019. We all... We all deserve it. We all need good things, right? Okay, I've said my piece. And I will be back Sunday with a new uh, Silver Spoons episode. I did say I was going to wait till January. I'm like, nah, let's let's do the episode. So I'll be uh, doing that Sunday, the popcorn episode. Um, Mr. Belvedere is going to be maybe once a month. Probably with um, a lot of Wesley episodes, because uh, I, I really like Wesley, but I'll get to the other characters as well. We kind of peruse around season four, you know, here and there, picking episodes, and then probably go back into season um, three.